This is everyone's personal favorite show, Keep Breath Free. Welcome. Every so often, when people think about career advancement, it's all about upskilling, how to perform the best on the job, and finding something they love to do. In turn, they will be set for life. All the problems in other aspects of their life will simply melt away. That's not the truth. The truth is career advancement is just the tip of the iceberg. If you want to continuously outperform your job, you need to change your thinking pattern that underlies all your behavior. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have Steve Bones, aka the Sobo Executive Coach, to talk about her unique process to help professional women, startup entrepreneurs, and people who want to seek transformation in work to align day-to-day jobs with their core values. I've been knowing her for many years and I look up a lot to her approach in terms of coaching oneself and coaching others in terms of personal development. Because I'm a guy and a, and a guy who always moves brutal force and hardcore approaches when it comes to personal development, but Steve Bond's approach is so caring and warm. This conversation is very enjoyable. It is more like a coffee catch-up with a friend to me because other than Steve Bond's social work, I generally want to know more about what she's up to lately. It's a fun, authentic conversation towards topics you care about, but people will only talk about in private. Because personal development is supposedly for everyone, but if you are not ready for it, you are just not ready. So if you're ready, stay open-minded and keep listening. Thanks so much for being on my show, Asif. Uh, we've been known each other for half a decade already, right? Yeah, probably even longer, Long. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe six or seven years. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yes. Yeah. How, A long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, we are real because we are into some real topic that's called personal <laughs> defamation. <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk about how we meet each other at the first place? Yeah, I'd love to. So, hi, everyone. I'm Siobhan. You can call me Shiv. And I met Arrow, yeah, it must have been, I think, more closer to maybe seven years ago. Um, when, as, as you said, Arrow, like we were both really into personal development. At the t- and at the time, we were both following um, a personal development teacher by the name of Ramit Sethi. And he had instigated some meetups. Like he had something where, you know, you could meet people in your, your city and Aaron and I are both in Hong Kong. And I know for me, I found it quite challenging to meet people who really geeked out on personal development in the way that you and I do, Aero. You know, I remember always like going into the bookshop and going straight to like, they call it self-help, which I think is, you know, not the best name, but like, how do I improve? How do I learn more and be more and, you know, develop up my potential? And so, yeah, we met at one of these meetups um, through, through Amit's programs. And yeah, we met a few people actually, which was really yeah. lovely. And we actually built a bit of a momentum and met every month and we're talking about these topics and geeking out on, you know, <laughs> personal development. And that it, it's, it's can't, can't believe that time has flown so quickly. That's unusual to other people in other people's eyes, because uh, even though what, uh, even though I know that we are into this topic, your first mm. impression to me is uh, you were an investment banker. And you know what, uh, when I was a kid, because I graduated from economics, and then I used to think about myself will uh, stay in the financial industry for a long, long time. 
And mm. investment banker to me, especially Hong Kong, uh, they are making a hell lot of money. And then you are talking to me, mm, that's not really my calling. I'm seeking something else more meaningful. I think mm. that's where, uh, that's where your first impression to me is so that, uh, yeah, we become friends ever since. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I, I think I was like you as well. Like you go, you go to school, you study certain mm. subjects and you think, oh, this is the path for me. And this is what's going to make me successful. And then mm. we equate success with happiness and fulfillment. Mm. And, you know, in my last role, I was working at an investment bank. I wasn't an investment banker, but I worked in real estate. That's, that's been my mm. training, commercial mm. and corporate real estate. And I was very grateful. I achieved the things that I wanted, but then I realized that it wasn't so passionate like for me and it wasn't exciting. And I think you get to a point in your life, or at least at that point, and we, you know, we met, I think, fairly early on-ish in our mm. careers, because I think we both have big dreams for what more we can create and do. But um, at that point, I got to a point where I was like, well, I've, yes, I've invested a lot of time and energy and money to be this person and to be this thing. But I've got decades ahead of me where mm. there's still more work to be done and greater contributions to make. So mm. it's really scary, but I want to make a pivot, which is not mm. easy. And I know you've, you've done the same thing. Like you've had the courage to pivot in and out of different things that weren't aligned for you as well. Mm, yeah, I think uh, I feel you because we, we basically went through the very same journey. And mm. I, at that time, I was a corporator at a digital mining firm and I just right. came to be a writer, but I know being a writer, is, it is not a good business because <laughs> <laughs> I know it is not easy. I just keep doing it on the side, having a real dream and there are a lot to talk about it with other people. But in this group, uh, I feel safe to talk about it because uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it is weird, but we are just into a topic that other people don't find very uh, energetic because they wanted to stay in the uh, they don't delay gratification, but we delay gratification for the long term, long term future. Yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. Would you mind talk more about at that point? How do you um, uh, real estate and then uh, doing what you are doing now? Can you fill the gap between? That time period? because they have yeah. so many. And also, I don't want to just talk about <laughs> career because. Well, mm. Even though this podcast, uh, I, I say that it's, it is career advancement, but I always say personal development, it is all of the aspects, your friends, family, relationships, spiritual health, everything. Can you, yeah, please elaborate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm happy to. And look, I think everybody's journey is going to be different. Mm. You know, I still feel I'm refining and aligning and getting more clear on the work that I'm here to do. And that's mm. been a, a really long journey. Um, but I'll give you the highlights because, you know, I could talk in many different uh, nuances and details. But for me, the, the breaking point to leave corporate was I let it get to a really bad place. So I was trying to ignore it. You know, I didn't want to feel that I was not in the right place. And I tried mm. to numb it out with overworking and just doing more. I thought, you know, if I work hard and really double down on, you know, my career, then things will get better. But it didn't like my, you know, my health started to go. I was becoming really miserable and I was like not very happy with the person that I was. Like all that joy was like sucked right out of me. Um, so ultimately I quit. 
And mm. actually I took a sabbatical. They were very kind. Mm. They kindly offered me to take a sabbatical. So I had some time to assess. And at that time, I also got married. I fell pregnant very quickly. So, you know, bringing in the other piece, I think what was happening at that time for me was honestly an identity crisis because I went from, at the time I was Siobhan O'Brien, like corporate real estate person with a promising career to, I then changed my name to my husband's name, Siobhan Barnes, pregnant, didn't have a job. I was like, oh my gosh, who am I? And I think, you know, we live in a society that assigns value based on what we do, where we work. Yeah, the stat, the status, like where, how much we're earning. And I went from like, great to like, in society's eyes, like nothing that, you know, valuable. So the journey to this point has always been to kind of dismantle like what I think success is and what I think I have to be in the world and to come back to, well, who am I? What are my, what are my gifts and talents? And what, where do I desire to show up? And how can I harness that out into the world? and do it in a way that aligns to my priorities so to be totally honest like now i'm i have three children and you have one child like since that you know we throw parenting into the mix um that is a priority for me like i want to be there for my kids and i want to have a, a soul aligned business doing my my soul work so it i have to make the two work and i have to be an integrated person not just mom and not just business or career woman um, but to get to here I did seek help I didn't try and figure it out on my own mm. I worked with a coach a different type of coach because I used different coaches throughout my journey but there was one coach who really just helped me come back to myself so we mm. didn't focus on the career we did the personal development stuff and mm. that's when I could be like okay I get it now like this is this has to change this is what really drives me because personal development, I think you're really looking at your nature and you're also looking at your beliefs, which drive mm. your behavior and how you show up in the world. And we think getting the job or figuring out the business is going to be the answer when really the real work is understanding where might you be limiting yourself? Where do you think you can't? All these different mm. things. Um, Can you so talk anyway. more about the truth and belief that you just mentioned? Uh, it's like the surface level people see and the deep down level you see the truth uh mm. use an analogy i um i just interviewed another big guy in silicon valley he says i just like technology and then after i dive really deep with him why do you love technology so much present technology so much because he uh he, when he was a kid he likes to watch ramble he rambled, <laughs> hold a machine gun to kill all the bad guys. And nowadays, he, he's using the technology to not killing people, but help the world mm. become a better place. What is that kind of truth for you that you found from that? Uh, you're working with mm. this coach? Mm. Yeah. So for me, I realized that I wasn't motivated by... I like to achieve and I like to hit goals. I think that's a part of my um, nature, but I don't, I don't do it for the sake of hitting the goal. Like I, I think why in my career, I, what I really enjoyed was getting to know people. It sounds so cliche, but like you know, with clients, it wasn't so much about, well, how, how much money can I assign to this project and how much am I going to earn? It was really like, there's this person working at this organization how can I help this person achieve their goal? So for me, I've always been like, you know, looking back on childhood, like the truth for me was about connection 
and, mm. you know, moving forward along to some kind of common goal. Like I get so much joy from, I still do when I have a client session and a client gets a breakthrough, I'm just like, yes. So for me, that's my, that's my alignment piece, not the, yay, I did a big deal. And like, you know, mm. we did this big goal, like that can be nice, but that's not the main driver. So for me, it's connecting to people. Collective people and giving. Because I, I remember mm. this one time you talked to me about, uh, you are always a giver and then you give and give and give. Sometimes you forget yourself and then you need <laughs> to take the rest. <laughs> yeah. So I think that aligns with what uh, you are just talking about. Yeah, and it's a fine line, right? I think with it, all of our, whatever we find is our, our truth and like what we love, there's always like a gift in it, but there's also a shadow and a bit of a, a double-edged sword. Mm. So yes, I am a giver and I've had to learn, you know, boundary work to kind of make sure I'm giving from a place of genuine desire, not just I have to and like depletion because then it can be a bit codependent, you know, <laughs> that's the shadow side. Mm. You, you, you don't know about it. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is uh, I learned a lot from you about this poem because I consider myself as a giver too, but I, sometimes yeah. I um, I don't have that balance, but uh, maybe there's some uh, firmness, some energy that I need to have for myself to take care of myself, because if you want to take care of people, you have to take, care, take good care of yourself first. And you exemplify very well for me on this poem. Of course, I'm not just learning from you, but you are one of the example in my life that I learned this <laughs> topic yeah well I think we all have to learn it I think mm. that you know we do live in a culture mm. particularly in Hong Kong right it's a very like work hard mm. you know keep going don't really take breaks like you you got to keep going and yeah. like you say it's so cheesy but it's like you do have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others and what I've seen is that I've learned the lesson because if mm. I don't I get really bitter I get resentful and I do things to be a bit spiteful. And I'm like, that's, that's my warning sign. I'm like, that's not a good person. Like, let's take a step back. The irony is when you are thinking about this, you are still thinking other people because you don't want to do that. <laughs> <based on argue. laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that's true. But also within me, it doesn't feel nice. I don't like how I'm being in the world so um thank you for the lovely compliment I think you know we're all like learning and trying to model this for each other and I don't get it perfect for sure mm. yep. yeah uh, <laughs> let's go back to your uh, personal life and career trajectory uh, how do you uh, be, yeah, be soulful uh, the journey yeah the mm. journey yeah, so I did all the things that I think, you know, when I left my last organization, I thought I wanted to start a skincare business. Then I went mm. to do consulting. I thought, oh, I'll do the same thing, but I'll be a consultant. And then I thought, oh, I'd work with a sustainability company here in Asia. So I tried all these different ideas and then, you know, none of them really took hold. So I felt like a failure. I was like, oh my gosh, why is it not taking hold? And then I was like, oh, I think I want to be a coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this just another idea to, you know, um, to find that, that answer. And I decided not to do any education. I decided not to like do any work experience. I didn't do all the things that I thought you need in order to, you know, commit to a path. And what I did instead was I tested it. So at the time I was pregnant with my second child and I found some guinea pigs. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about coaching. I, 
but you know, coaching is a tool. Like I don't see myself as a coach. I see myself as somebody to facilitate the transformation. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, you know what? I just want to see if I've got any natural ability in this and, you know, it's totally free. I'm here to listen to you. And I set up the container. I was like four sessions, every, you know, over a month. And I did it with three people mm. and I was very transparent. I wasn't a coach. So just offered the space of holding space and asking some questions. And I loved it. Like after every session, I was excited. I was happy. One, one lady was living in Brazil. So the time zones that she could only do her morning, my evening. And even though I was pregnant, I was like buzzing and couldn't get to sleep. So I got I was like, okay, if this is how it feels to do this, mm. then surely I'm on the right path. And mm. this is then, yes, now I feel more confident to, you know, spend the money on a coaching program and to, you know, follow this path. Mm. And I've been following that path ever since. So that was eight years ago now. And to be honest, I've also through that time had, you know, a couple of spiritual awakenings, I would say, where mm. um, I've been following following my guidance in terms of like where, what else I should study and how I can build my toolkit. So I've mm. learned many different tools that are beyond coaching. Um, mm. And I use that today to support my clients. So it's, mm. it's been a journey. And mm. even though I, you know, it might sound like, Oh, she discovered she wanted to be a coach and it's happily ever after. It's not happily ever after, you know, it's, I think it's, it's always going to be a journey. There's always going to be challenges, always going to mm. be things to look at. And I think when we when we put the pressure on to say, I'm going to find this one thing and live happily yes. ever after, it mm. sets us up for failure. Because when it doesn't happen that way, we're like, well, what's wrong with me? It's like, nothing's gone wrong. That's life. We're here to learn. Mm. This is just part of the journey. <laughs> yeah. Without revealing any uh, confidential information, can you talk about one client or persona that you work with? And then uh, mm. what does she or he trying to achieve? And then... Uh, you facilitate that transformation. What kind of tool case, mm. uh, tools that you use? Can you walk through that process? Yeah. A little bit? Mm. More than happy to. So I would say the majority of my clients are women or women identifying um, because that's also been my lived experience. So I talk about that in my blogs and, you know, on social media. And they tend to be either professional women or some are the kind of early startup um, service-based oh. entrepreneurs, but I would say most are professional women. And my focus has always been on their career. Like, how do you come back mm. into greater alignment with the work that you're here to do? But as with everything, like you said, it's really about personal development. It's really about the person. It's about the woman that's in front of me. And mm. the career piece, the clarity on the next step, that really comes at the very, very end when we come back to honestly unlearning a lot of the things that we have to be mm. in order to be successful. So examples of this are, you know, I had a client who was, she was in Hong Kong and she was commuting every day to Shenzhen for like an hour and a half, two hours each way. Mm. And at her organization, she was like doing two people's jobs. And after working with her, she realized that she wanted to be a consultant. So she, she negotiated like a, a bridge. She left her existing organization, found a bridge solution to be a consultant with her previous organization. And then now she's a freelancer and she's doing freelance work and doing the work oh. that she actually enjoys. 
Mm. Now this is, this was over, you know, a course of a year, I would say, like, mm. I want to manage expectations. Like this process is, we'd love it to be like immediate, mm. but in my experience, it does take a bit of time. Mm. Um, other clients are more subtle. They've, you know, made a decision that they, I had one client who was working and she thought she wanted to start a essential oils business. She realized that's not what she wanted. And actually she's gone into coaching, which is what she wants. I've had clients who've, you know, been jobless and they found a job, like because they were clear on what they wanted to identify and they've gone to do that. So these are the tangible action things that have happened. But deeper within that, it's connecting to the woman who trusts her decisions and knows like, this is what I desire and kind of calls in like the next step to make it happen. So I would say that's the real work. Um, and how I do that is primarily through a, oh, can you hear me? Hear me? Am I back? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the um mm. the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Where did I cut out? Uh essential oil. Ah, okay. So there was one client who mm. thought she wanted to start an essential oils business. Mm. And then she went on to realize she wanted to be a coach. Mm. Another client who had no job and found that she really wanted to go in back into a certain industry and she found mm. that path to go back. So mm. action wise, there can be some clear actions that these, these clients are taking but really the work is about bringing the client back to who they are, listening to where they're being guided to show up mm. and making a decision that is aligned to them and mm. having the courage to kind of go out there and do it. So mm. I'm not attached to the outcome at all. I'm not here mm. to make more coaches or to say you should go into corporate. Like I, I don't care about the outcome. Mm. What I'm mostly um, fierce about for my clients is for them to come back to how they want to express their gifts and how they want to make a choice that's aligned to where they are in their life. You know, we've got to be practical and pay bills and look after children and, you know, consider these things. Um, so just helping with that. And I use a number of tools in my toolkit, um, but the predominant one that I use is mm. feminine embodiment coaching. Mm which is a different style of coaching where rather than just coming from the mind to answer questions, you drop into the body. And what that means is you kind of come back into, I guess, more of a meditative state and mm. the answers and how you feel about something, we look at that. So let's say, for example, a client mm. is really scared. It's like, oh my gosh, I think I want to be a freelancer. In the case of the first client, mm. she's like, can I really do that? Me? And so in a client session, rather than, oh, here are all the reasons why, like, what is all your experience? We drop into the body and it's like, well, what does it bring up in your body? So she might, she might feel like a wall of armor around her heart and feel like tense shoulders and her mind might be going crazy. 
So in the session, I, I guide the client to feel that because if you feel it, embrace it, there is flow on the other side. And so that's what the predominant work that I do. Um, I also sometimes use a type of hypnosis, something called rapid transformational therapy. If there's a belief that's really got a hold on someone. Um, and then the more woo-woo side, I also use the Akashic records to look at who someone is at a soul level. So that's the real woo-woo stuff. So if clients are into that, I can do that as well. Got it. So it's kind of like, first of all, you assess, um, okay, the client is ready and then she come to you and then you assess her. Uh, so the first thing is always to some belief to unlearn or melting away and, uh, and then you have to warm in yourself to put something uh, back in because you are already empty. Mm. In a way, I would say it's more about, like, think of a baby, like you've got your beautiful daughter, right? Like, as soon as they come into the world, they are happy, they're whole, there's no, nothing holding them back. Like, if they've got, like, food and dribble coming down their face, they're still mm -hmm. going to smile at you with no teeth and, like, just be like, yeah, you're looking at me. And they're going to feel worthy of love, worthy of attention, worthy of being heard. And the thing is, like, when we grow up, unfortunately, like, we, we pick up these beliefs and these stories around mm. not being lovable, not mm. being enough, smart enough, talented enough, whatever enough, and also thinking, oh, well, maybe I can't do that because I didn't succeed before. So we pick up these beliefs. So oh. it's kind of, it, it is about emptying out, um, but it's more, I think, about restoration, like restoring what was there to begin with. So oh. that we can then be empowered to, you know, from that place of wholeness, show up and trust that we're, we're making the next right step. Got it. So the assumption is you already have, you already process the power within you. You always mm -hmm. can, re, you just became it. It's already there. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. And I think it's true for all of us. And I will say, I think it's really important to note here that obviously different cultures, different, um, you know, depending on what we look like, we all have different privileges and different ways of ex the, ex the way that we've experienced the world so there are nuances as well as to unpack in that looking at um you know the degree to which we you know our mm. beliefs are actually true they're not just limiting beliefs that that is the reality for some people living in the world so mm. there's that whole um lens as well Got it. Uh, mm. can i talk more about the soulful executive coach the maybe vision and mission because i, I just see mm. I feel defined in yourself. I wonder what that is because I believe that you have something in your head that drives you <laughs> crazily to achieve something for these people. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. uh, talk more about your target uh, audience first, professional woman mm, mm. and startup entrepreneur, any other types of people? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I'm doing this work at the moment because I'm kind of getting clear. There's a new offering that's brewing within me and I'm like, oh, I go beyond like target audience because, you know, we can get really into that stuff, which is beautiful. I would say at the heart of it, if you take away the, I mean, yes, it's sometimes professional women, sometimes mm. startup entrepreneurs, stay at home moms mm. or, you know, women as well who have been yeah, caregivers their whole life. And then they're like, mm. well, hang on a minute. What about me? What do I want? You know, like mm. out for, for me myself, like as the mm. woman, 
So I would say those are generally the, mm. the demographics of women, but the mm. common like psychographic and psychological mm. pieces to these women are that they are sensitive. They're mm. the givers, like the nurturers. They are um, not always mm. the loudest in the room, but they hold these quiet desires and they see what's not working in the world and they feel a little bit not helpless, but sometimes it like, because they're sensitive, it can like take them out and they can feel a bit like, oh, you know, I think we've all had this experience, you know, with COVID, like (laughs) everybody's felt this, oh my gosh, you know, this hopelessness. Um, So they've got that quality about them. And for me, my vision, why I don't, I don't mind, I don't, I'm not attached to them becoming entrepreneurs or anything is that my vision for this and what I see when I, you know, connect to that, my why is that I always see the globe and I see these different lights and on different parts of the world and just seeing what happens when a, and I say women, because that's who I predominantly work with, but this translates to anyone really, Mm. when a person reclaims who they are and they have that capacity to hold compassion, kindness, Mm. and creativity in the world, then they are, there's a ripple effect, right? Not just in Mm. our work, but how we parent our kid that day or how we show up in a meeting or, you know, just, just the little things I feel can make such a difference. Mm. Cool. What, uh, perhaps this is the last maybe couple of questions. Mm. Uh, what, what makes uh, you think your target audience is ready for you, um, is, is ready to be coachable? Because sometimes mm. uh, I believe that in personal development world, if you truly want to have those transformations, you have to be ready. Yeah. What makes, yeah, so can much. you talk about yeah. So true. And I think that's been my challenge because some are not willing to look at it. So many of mm. us live in that state of like numbing out or mm. armoring up. Like I did in corporate, it was like, just keep going, keep going busy. So it is a challenge. Mm. Um, for me, what I've found is that oftentimes I have people who are, have been following my blog or doing something for a number of years and it's like wow. taken time for the, you know the messaging is like oh it's always resonated but it's never been the right time and oftentimes the right time happens when they just get to a point of enough is enough so maybe mm. there's a health issue maybe they lose their job and they get made redundant or maybe mm. you know um you know their their other half you know falls something happens to their well-being or their livelihood so they have mm. to do something so i think always as humans like there can be an inciting incident where you know we have to then change like the hero's mm. journey i know you and i yeah. to speak about this so um yeah oftentimes it's it's that mm. but you're right that they're, they're not they you do have to be ready it's not something that everyone's like yes yeah, sign me up because it's it's yeah. a challenging journey to look at yourself and to do this work Got it. Beautiful. So uh, basically, they are hitting the ping pong, that trestle pond that uh, they hit the wall bottom. They want to know the mm-hmm. truth, and mm-hmm. you let them experience uh, what kind of uh, belief that sit at the head of your back to see the mm-hmm. truth, and then the truth will set you free. And that's the <laughs> journey you bring it to them. Uh, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. This is the last question. What else do you want to speak directly to your audiences? Uh, just imagine all of the audiences of Tao Ching is mm. your target audience. Yeah. Last question. I think the me- main message is you're here for a reason. 
Mm. beyond merely just hustling, grinding, and merely surviving and making sure that everybody else is taken care of. Mm. You matter. And whether it's just taking care of yourself, like we were talking about, if you're a giver, like and making sure you're looking after your health and well-being and mental health, or whether there is like a deeper desire within you to do something or experience mm. something, I would say you're worthy of that. And it's worthy mm. of exploring because mm. you never know what the ripple effect is of you making that choice to step into that. Got it. So they have to step up for what they truly want from the bottom of their heart and do something about it cool mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Steve. oh it is so nice to catch up with you i um you always uh, the firmness and energy you bring to the world is uh I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It is just so, <laughs> it is so caring. And then, uh, yeah. So thanks so much for being on the show. No, oh, the pleasure is all mine, Eero. Thank you for having me on. It's been so good to speak and connect. Thank you. So for the audiences, uh, until next time.